What's going on, guys? Welcome to this episode. This is going to be episode 18 of the My Parents Office podcast. We have Brett's question, and we have an interview with Bryant University long snapper David McCain on the second half. So we're going to jump right into Brett's question. He said he's got one geared up. Uh, let's hear it. Not even like a hello, not a how hello. are you. Everybody, we just no, gotta go. Knows you. Gotta on. just straight to the question. No, you, you spoke for can't, episode, can't, so. bu- can't butter me up or anything. <laughs> just give me, give me the question. Give All me right. the question. So you can look at this question in different ways, okay. kind of, I guess. So everyone has a favorite team. Yeah. And a lot of teams have a cult following. Okay. You can think, honestly, any sport. Yeah, yeah. What makes a team favorite? So I'm going to give you two examples right now. Okay. Um, I only know about one sport, so we're going to do one for wrestling and then okay. one for football, which I know bears to nothing. Yeah. So Penn State wrestling. They have a mass following because they've been dominant for many years. And yeah. I feel like we can enjoy the people on them, but their original or initial like gravitation toward or their fans' gravitation was because they were winning. It was people kind of just hopping on that Penn State bandwagon. It's like... They're kind of like the Golden State Warriors like sure. for basketball because they were really good. A lot of kids in my age group or younger attract themselves to the Warriors because they have players like Steph Curry. They had Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson. They were very good. And right now they have a huge following, meaning yeah. like not even just the numbers of fans that they have, but also just like their fans are passionate. Like people, like even if they're having like an off year now which really they doesn't happen it doesn't happen but even like 125 which is weight class they've had yeah. like not the best luck with 125 and heavy well kind of heavyweight they had Kassar. yeah no i'm saying like when they had nevels as the starter before who was eh. which nevels nick two-time all-american took third <laughs> he's out he's weird i don't like him he took third while like snyder nevels. won no, i don't like no he should beat snyder i don't like nevels i don't know why because I see him wrestle now. And is I it because like because his, his name's Neville? No, like, no, I don't, just don't. What was the Neville? Was that iCarly? Was that Neville? Yeah, yeah. But I like well, I mean, your subconscious also, tells you you shouldn't like Seth Neville's or Nick Neville's because of Neville from iCarly. Yeah, we Seth, can just wait, admit it and Seth move on. Arizona State. I think AJ was right. I forgot. There's three of them. Jesus. Yeah, that's the one who was about to graduate from Fresno State and then um, transferred. Transfer. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why. I mean, I, lo- I love Kassar. Though. Two years ago, yesterday I saw him wrestle. Who, Nick or AJ? Uh, the Fresno State one. So AJ, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're that's a pretty unreal family to have three guys wrestle Division One. All right, back to the question. Yeah. So, um, many teams have a big cult following because it's people originally just hopping on the bandwagon. Yeah. Of course, like years go by and people just generally enjoy the team. Mm-hmm. But then there's like. I think if, if you're going to look at the base, the one that's, I think, the most ride-or-die blood fan base, it's Iowa. Because... Uh, okay. I, I, but again, just like Iowa, they win all the time. Yeah. I'm going to use a different example. So, the um, Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Where they have a humongous fan base. Yeah. Like, I've gone to multiple people's homes. I see, like, the um, generic, like... Um, Cowboys blanket. Yeah, I yeah. see like random merch, like jerseys. But aren't they historically not great? No, they're good. They, Are see, they good? Yeah, they've been good. They were good for a while in like the eighties, nineties. Um, I mean, like the past twenty years, they made the playoffs. They haven't been like great though. 
They haven't won a Super Bowl in, I think, the past 20 years. But 80s, okay. 90s, they were very dominant. So a lot of people that were pretty much like my parents' age in the, their 40s that grew up Dallas fans, because they were always on TV. Uh, my dad told me it was always like Dallas and then whoever your local team was, so New England or New York. Um, for the Northeast, so a lot of people grew up Dallas fans that are parents now and that are raising kids now to be Dallas fans. Well, I guess that's an an- you can use that answer to for my question. What makes a what makes a team favorite? So, like I'm a Minnesota Viking fan. The reason I'm a fan of them, honestly, when I was younger, Adrian Peterson was the first jersey I got, and it was because I like the color purple. It's such a weird reason. So I think. If you're looking at, you have to look at the age of a person and why they're a fan. So, a kid is going to kind of pick if they're playing Madden and they like a team for football or they're playing 2K or they like a team color. That's how they're going to kind of pick. But if a parent's going to raise their kid to be a fan, it's who they really grew up watching on TV and whoever their parents influenced, how they influenced them. Yeah, it's interesting though sometimes because the majority it's probably people who live near them yeah but there are also some diehard browns fans yeah yeah definitely which is weird because they've this is like the first year they're actually good they made the playoffs this year but they're historically very they don't very have a tough bad. schedule though this year right um i mean their division made two three teams in their division them baltimore and pittsburgh made the playoffs this year I don't know like how tough their schedule really. Steelers was. has a big following too. Yeah, very big. Pitts, I'd say if you're looking at the three biggest fan bases in the NFL, you're looking at Dallas, Pittsburgh, and Green Bay. All right. Green Bay because they're probably the oldest team, um, and a big thing with them, I believe, fans have equity. You can buy into equity of owner or owner, uh, owner equity with uh, the team. If you become like a season ticket holder, there's a way that you can pretty much be a part owner of a team. You can. That's an answer too. Yeah. So they're very community oriented. Um, um I feel that was weird. Uh, I feel like another big one is how strong a team's social media presence is. Yeah. I feel like a lot that could be. You can lean that maybe a little more toward college teams, mm-hmm. because I feel like the biggest college teams that have like the biggest following the biggest schools i so like yeah the penn state the ohio state the ones that were with the and then with for that, other sports like basketball with duke, that rich history with duke yeah football alabama um hockey like minnesota north dakota um but yeah social media is big especially like even nfl teams when i'm on tiktok i'll see like in some comment sections the detroit lions tiktok page will comment on people's tiktoks that's awesome it's hilarious because they're in a ton of comments actually if you if you tag detroit in a video like somewhat related to football or them they'll comment the buffalo bills tiktok is hilarious they make memes on their tiktok with different interns or players they have so reaching out to pretty much a younger audience of maybe people on tiktok that weren't football fans be like oh, i'll be a buffalo fan i'll get just a jersey because i'll represent this team that i find funny on tiktok yeah so, yeah, social media is a huge, a huge aspect to pretty much building a fan. I think another answer could be, uh, like, celebrity ambassadors. Yes. Yeah. So, like, let's just say, kind of bringing it back to social media still, mm-hmm. like, this one, like, one celebrity, let's just say, 
Mark Wahlberg and Patriots. Yeah. Sure. I don't even know if he's a fa- Patriots fan. Yeah. But it, if he just started posting pictures, like, wearing um, Patriots jersey all the time on Instagram mm-hmm. or other forms of social media, they might get some fans. Yeah, definitely. Like, if, if you're from the Boston area and you just don't have an interest in sports, but don't but even. You're a, but you're a huge Mark Wahlberg fan. Don't even say you're a Boston fan. Dude, like, you, yeah. Like, he's, um, you can say someone who's not from Boston. Say, mm-hmm. like, Elon Musk is wearing some random team's um, jersey, drinking a mug from that team, whatever. Yeah. They might gra- gain some fans. Yeah, they gain some traction on social media. Yeah. I mean, every, really, NBA, you see it a lot with fans courtside. Like, Houston is Travis Scott. Yeah, um, Meek Mill. Yeah, um, Meek Mill. for. I mean, Meek Mill got out of prison. Got hopped in that helicopter. The, the Sixers GM picks him up, or the, the owner, I think it was the owner, picks him up, flies him courtside. He's sitting next to Kevin Hart. Yeah. Courtside at a Sixers game, fresh out of jail. Like... That's unreal. So you see that as a Philly fan, because Philly fans are also, I think they're the worst people alive. I hate Philadelphia fans, but they are a tough fan base and a loyal fan base. Entourage, they're always um, probably Lakers. I don't know basketball yep. much. They're always like on the Lakers court side. Yeah, LA is a big one you see, especially, it's honestly a big one is wherever LeBron's playing. Celebrities will show up to where he's playing. So yeah. with L- him being in LA now, it's even yeah. more convenient to see big name guys. I mean, Kobe Bryant's last game, there was tons of celebrities in the third and fourth row, pretty much courtside to fourth row. Um, I think like Rihanna was there. It was just tons of celebrities, tons of rappers. It was crazy. Um, and then the Knicks too. Spike Lee's been a Knicks fan for ever and he's a been a season ticket holder spike lee yeah dude's the man yeah it's crazy he's always got his next jersey he's always like talking trash and the newest one is drake with the raptors yeah um but yeah definitely if you if a celebrity even like because drake or travis scott with the rockets or raptors they're so big with our generation and and younger that they can easily influence Kids to become Raptors or Rockets fans. I thought you were about to say, make kids become rappers. <laughs> yeah, that too. Well, yeah, definitely that too. All right, so let's make a top three. What like, make... Oh, reasons for a fan base? Correct. Um, You go for... We'll bounce off each other. And I don't... I'm saying a mass fan base. Like, someone yeah. who... Like, I don't want to just... All right, bounce off. So, my first pick is actually going to be Tradition. Okay. And I say that because I'm a me and my dad diehard Notre Dame fans. Notre Dame is a team for football you either love or hate. Um, we obviously love them and part of the reason is because their tradition is unreal. The gold helmet, they very rarely switch uniforms. It's I it's always the blue or the white with the gold helmet that we watched a season with Notre Dame on HBO. They show how they spray paint the helmets before every game. And I think a big thing, too, is the academic standard for that to to be at that school is a big recruiting, something that can hurt them in recruiting. But they've always kind of stayed true to what Notre Dame is because if it, they change those standards, it's no longer Notre Dame. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of people like Notre Dame. And same with, like, Green Bay with the Packers. Their tradition is so strong in the community, 
um, just in general for how long they've been a franchise. I think tradition is just a huge part, especially a lot of people are raised on those teams because their grandparents, then their parents, now you, you're going to become a fan. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I was so, so. Oh, sorry. I would say historic achievement. Yep. Okay. So I don't want to think of like a past five year. I don't want to think of like a current dynasty. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like how you were saying with the Steelers, like yep. not Steelers, um, Cowboys. Yeah. Like um, like 80s, consi- yeah, consistently winning in like 80s, 90s, and that like actually both of our answers go together. Um, historic achievement meaning like a certain generation of uh fan base which then leads to further generations meaning right. like your father to you yeah like 80s 90s it's, it was it's always dallas san francisco and pittsburgh for football so those were like the three great teams that were always in and out of super bowls in other words uh initial bandwagon yeah um to kind of piggyback off that I think recency bias is a big way that fan bases are built. Um, like the Golden State Warriors now. Um, kind of the New England Patriots with people hating them because of how good they were. It doesn't build a fan base. It builds people that don't like them because they consistently win Super Bowls. Kind of like LeBron too, right? Like- yeah, LeBron, definitely LeBron. Um, you either love him or you hate him. Yeah. Um, trying to get like another team with really recently winning... Penn State. <laughs> yeah, Penn State for wrestling, definitely. And then, like, even NFL, like, Baltimore, the Ravens, because of Lamar Jackson. Like, a lot of – it comes down to, like, the recency bias of players and their success, of who they have as a player. Because you can follow a player right out of college that you are a huge fan of and just immediately become a fan of whatever NFL team they're on, whatever basketball team they're on, whatever club they're going to wrestle for after college. So that's definitely a huge thing. Yep. And I'm not going to just straight up say social media, because social media hasn't been around forever. Yeah. But I'm going to say how a team markets themselves. Yep. Well, like, I keep going back to the Packers, because they're the perfect example. They do a thing for training camp. The players will bike through the community. That's awesome. Because Lambeau Field is, like, right here. A neighborhood is maybe 300 yards away. They'll bike through the community, helmet in hand, practice jersey on, practice pants on, and they'll bike with other kids that live in the Green Bay area. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they've been doing that tradition forever. So that's definitely a huge thing that makes it so people that live in that community aren't going to f- switch on them if they have a bad year. Um, and my last one will probably be celebrity status Yeah. at games. I mean, that's a huge thing with – and that's been a, th- a through and through for how long sports have been around. I feel like all of our answers, there's kind of a cause and effect with that. Yeah. Meaning, like, uh, uh, geogra- geographical region, like, uh, yeah. a celebrity near a, t- uh, a certain team might post more or show more to their fan base that they like a certain team. Well, double, yeah. Because, or because they're winning, they're, like, hopping right. on that bandwagon. Well, I mean, during the NBA Finals when Toronto was in it, Drake was all over the, the court side. He was standing there. Uh, like clapping in dudes' ears when they're trying to inbound the ball during their playoff run. So that's a huge thing is when they're winning, Drake's going to be there. If they are if they go back to winning 30 games in a season, yeah, you're going to see less and less of Drake posting about the Raptors. Um, and that goes for really anybody else. Like a Spike, I mean, Spike Lee is probably the only guy 
that will be at every Knicks game, no matter how bad they are. And they have been very, very bad the past few years. And what's your last one? I think I said all of them that I would say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, building a fan base, it's a lot more than just winning and being likable. It's a matter of how you market yourself, who supports you. Well, the thing that's always interesting with me, or yeah, is I don't really care about current uh, current booms of fandom. Mm-hmm. I meant more historically. Like, that's always yeah. interesting to me. Like, why does, like... It makes sense why someone might latch onto a team at a certain uh, time and base, but having that last many years and down a family tree, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I feel like what we said answered that question. Yeah. Or our opinions, at least. Yeah, because, I mean, Dallas fans, it's usually generations. You don't see a a Dallas fan come out of a Patriot family, pretty much. So, I mean, it's really how how your parents and grandparents, who they were fans of, how you're raised it builds the strongest bonds and strongest fan bases. Yep. So that's going to conclude uh, Brett's question for this episode. Now we've got Bryant University long snapper David McCain. Hope you guys enjoy. Bryant University long snapper David McCain. David, what's going on? How's it going, man? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Um, how, how's everything been? Uh, it's been good. Luckily, just finished up my semester back home for a bit but it was good weird fall of football and whatnot but I mean I'm sure you went through the same stuff yeah so were you actually on campus this semester yeah 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 I was on campus from like like end of August until uh this week so we had we had uh practice and whatnot for the most part but it was super like it was just different (laughs) yeah so what was the what were the workouts like going through all that with the COVID protocols, like I assume you guys had to shorten up your workout group stuff or uh, like size wise, make them smaller. Yeah. So we got like a hundred kids on the team roughly. So Mm -hmm. beginning of the absolute beginning of the school year semester, we, uh, we didn't really, so we had like people were doing stuff on their own, like QB starting the receivers at the field and whatnot, specialists working with one another. And then Mm -hmm. uh, a few weeks in, we were able to start lifting and we would lift like three days a week because we're only allowed a certain amount of hours for like inner squat activity just because of the uh, contact tracing exposure rates, all that stuff. So we were broken up into like five groups, I want to say, and we'd only lift for like 50 minutes. So we got good work in, but like obviously wasn't as like intense as it usually is just because time wasn't on our side. And then as the year or the semester progressed, we kind of like loosened up because Brian did a good job. Like it was almost structured like the Orlando bubble because it's super like okay. small. This like one way in, one way out. Everyone was getting tested. Like we got tested at least twice a week, kids on the football team. And so the more like the semester went on and like this campus was having like noticeably more or less and less like positive test rates. Like for the bulk of the semester, it was like a 0.1% uh, positive test rate. So at one point we got into like, just like we did indie practices. So like specialists mm-hmm. would practice whenever with the coach. And then eventually we had like a solid few weeks where we had full team practices. Uh, we, we were split up into halves though. So we'd have like, like call like black and gold groups. So like okay, you have like 50 or so kids practicing in one half. And then like for like the, after that hour and a half was done, the rest of the team would come in and then 
so we never had like quite full full team but we had like good we had like offense defense and special teams all out there at the same time at least that's really good so were you guys able to what were you guys in just jerseys were you guys in uppers lowers uh just helmets so we started off in just jerseys, then helmets, and then we did uppers and like, you know, kids being like like people your kids our age, like we want to pop each other, especially freshmen yeah. that want to go out there to like try to like prove themselves, which I get. But that resulted in like we had like three injuries in like the first like two practices where we were hitting. So we were like pretty much mainly just upper that was we had like one full pad practice and after that they're like, nah. <laughs> so we did mainly you saw that in the NFL too, like they skipped the preseason and then with not having those, like at least those four little weeks of like leading up to it, so many guys are injured getting right into full game speed and like yeah. teams yeah. are going to miss practices. It's, it's at every level too, not just the NFL. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Like kids just like want to go straight at it, but you need it's something you got to work into. And then, so we got some injuries that came back from that. Luckily, nothing like major, like nothing like season ending. It was all just like minor stuff, but stuff that like super preventable. So we kind of switched it up to like mainly just uppers and helmets, minimal contact. Obviously, you know, O-line, D-line, they had some contact going, but that's just like, that's par for the course. But yeah. after they made some of the changes, it was fine. A lot less injuries. We also had like, just like a lot of kids, just like little like, like ankle, like hamstring, stuff like that it was so common. I'm sure it was for like any other, like every other sport too. Like, yeah, just you know. simple little tweaks hold you out of practice for a day or something. Yeah. So, what's the talk for a possible spring season? So, as of right now, we are playing in the spring. We're, uh, we have one like set schedule game right now, I believe, against URI. Mm. So that'll be sweet. I think that's for February because the, the the potential spring season's looking like February to like Marchish, just because it's like before uh like before the actual spring sports, just so it's not so much going on at once. And yeah. then it's looking like possibly so like I don't know if you, like the NEC we it's like you got like New England schools, then you have a few schools that are like Pennsylvania. Yeah, so, it's like St. Francis is in there. Um, yeah, yeah. Duquesne, right? Yeah, yeah, Robert okay. Morris, and then there's a couple of New York, and then, like, the rest, like, Mass, Connecticut, Rhode Island. So, mm-hmm. I think the plan is – I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they want to, like, split it up into, like, two halves. So, it's, like, minimal travel. And then, like, after uh, X amount of games, they'll do, like, a little, like, playoff. So, it would be for, like, an NEC title game. Because I have no idea what the plans are for the actual, like, FCS, like, national championship or anything like that. Yeah, especially with all the traveling, too. That's going to be really tough to do. Yeah. So, like, they'd split it up probably, like, have you guys play Merrimack, Sacred Heart, Central, uh, Wagner maybe, and then have the rest of, like, the New York and Pennsylvania schools play against each other. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. That's not too bad, though. At least you guys will get out there, play, like, five or six games, get after it. Yeah, it really won't change that much. Like, uh, I doubt our out of country – because we're supposed to play, like – I'm trying to think. Out of conference, we're supposed to play Brown, but Ivy League, I doubt it's going to do a season. Just, yeah, I mean, they already canceled. They were the first to cancel winter. Yeah, exactly. So they've been the first to cancel pretty much for every season and yeah, every other conference follows suit. Yeah. So if I doubt they'll have anything. Yeah, so we're like Brown. Like, we always play Brown just because it's like they're like 15 minutes away from us. So, yeah. But I like, I doubt we'd end up playing them. We were supposed to play Central Michigan. Doubt that'll happen. So it's probably oh, just going to be like that URI game and then like the uh, whatever they do for the NEC. That would have been an awesome experience, though, to go out there, play Central Michigan. Yeah, that would have been sick. So, like, the original plan was we were going to – so, like, obviously, 
going into the school year, the assumption was that a season was still like in the air, like because you got to yeah. plan for anything as as long as it's not like officially canceled. Right. So like they're saying like yeah like we'll take a bus out to Central Michigan. <laughs> like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. That would be a brutal ride out there. Mm-hmm. So you walked on in the spring, correct? Yeah. Or, okay. So what was that whole experience like? Uh, going through the walk-on process so I uh so like I mean you played against me and stuff like I'm not like crazy big so like playing like O-line D-line even linebacker at like a super high level would just be tough size wise mm-hmm. so I wanted to play call or so initially I had like a couple like interest from some other D1s for long snapping my senior year and then those kind of fizzled out just because I wasn't like super into it like I I just didn't want to play college football felt a little burnt out after your senior year yeah like I feel like you know like I'll end on this like I'm happy with this but then like after uh after the baseball after my senior baseball season I was like wait a second like I'm done with like legit like sports for like right now like I don't like this (laughs) yeah it's a weird feeling yeah it just didn't feel right at all so then went through at orientation in like June I was, so, so when I was making my college decision process, I made it, I wanted to pick a good school that was D1 in case I wanted to walk on yeah. long snapping. So that's why I ended up picking, cause I was between like going to like Brian or Sacred Heart and like, you know, and uh, attempting to walk on and I, I ended up okay. picking Brian. And so orientation happened. I emailed one of the coaches and I was at the end of June. And then I believe it's the month. I don't know. There's some like, like the July August window somewhere in there there's like a dead period where coaches just can't talk to you so I like talked to the coach and then like after only like a week or two like we're already into that dead period so then it was kind of confusing because like obviously like it was literally just against the rules to communicate back and forth with them so then I got to school and I was just like always talking to them and then so they uh so last last season there are two long snappers on the team one of which Jimmy Piccarelli, he's one of our coaches now. He was a senior. He was the starter. And then the back was uh, Danny Caracciolo. And he ended up transferring after the season. Now he's the long snapper for Virginia. Okay. But there are two, like, legit long snappers on the roster. So, yeah. they're, like, there's no point in, like, bringing It's going to be hard on. to take on a third guy. Yeah, exactly. Taking on a third guy when we don't really know what you got, like, quite yet. Even though, like, because, you know, like, film stuff. But you know what I mean. So, right. taking on a third guy when we got two legit people, wasting a roster spot, wasting eligibility. So, then, like, it kind of got prolonged into the winter. And then when we came back from winter break, I went through all, like, the like the medical stuff, like physical evaluations, blood tests and whatnot. And then I was on the roster after that. That's awesome. So, uh, what – so, you say, like, you kind of wanted to walk on um, in high school, like, going three or four years, did you – up until your senior year, did you have the idea that you wanted to play? And then just kind of after your senior year, you burnt out? Yeah, like my freshman year, like you ask freshman, freshman in high school, Dave McCain, he's going to tell you like, like why the hell wouldn't I play college football? football. (laughs) Yeah, and then same thing my sophomore year. It's funny too, because my sophomore year that we had like one really good offensive line and uh, my buddy Kevin, and I was like, yo, Kevin's like, where are you going to play college football? He's like, dude, I ain't playing college football. I'm like, why not? Yeah. And it's funny. Once I was in his shoes, I was the same way. And then, I don't know, like, it's junior year, I was going strong, too. I really wanted to. And then something like my senior year, I was just, like, happy. I was, like, content with it. And then, mm-hmm. I don't know, something else just clicked back. And I was like, nah, <laughs> I want to play. 
yeah, you get that itch once you, uh, once you kind of like walk, you finally get the feeling that, wait, I'm done. Like I'm walking away. This kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, so Brian's got, I've seen, I looked at the roster. Like you guys have a lot of guys from Connecticut. Um, yeah. Are a lot of the Connecticut guys on the roster close or like, what's the, what's the locker room feeling like? So, I mean, obviously they're like, so I'm not like super, super tight with a lot of guys just cause like the first semester I wasn't really like involved with the team much, but and then like with the incoming freshman this year, the locker room chemistry, it's not bad by any means, but it just isn't like as like tight knit as it could be just cause with all the COVID stuff. Cause like Absolutely, a lot of yeah. times, like you can only have a certain amount of people in the locker room. So it was really like just people got tight with their position groups. So I feel like next year that'll probably change barring that it's normal again, hopefully. But, well, it's tough because especially with freshmen, you're not going through a camp with them either. Exactly. So they feel it. I can imagine being a freshman or new, kind of new onto the team has got to feel tough because there's a little bit of a disconnect from not being with these guys from last year. Yeah. Yeah. And then a lot of the, a lot of the Connecticut guys are close. Like I know like three that I could think of off the top of my head. They all like live together. They're like best friends. And then, but, like, that's not – there's no, like, clicks with it, though. It's, like, everyone's, like, tight. Like, those same kids, they live with, like, another kid that lives with them. who's from, like, across the country. And then what's also cool is uh, my quarterback from high school, Victor Pasco. He plays running back there. So, it's cool to oh, have really? that chemistry going. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he's there. And then it's funny. So, we got me and him at Bryant. And then uh, two of our running backs play tight end and running back at Central. Vinny Dyer and Danny Almeida. So like gotcha. when when we play them, that'll be fun. Well well OSW reunion. Yeah, yeah. Uh so what are you majoring in at Bryant? Um actuarial mathematics with a double concentration in statistics and analytics. Jesus Christ. That's what made you pick that? What what made you go down that route? So I've always been like super into like like I've just had a I like to say, like, I remember things that are pointless. Yeah. So, like, be it, like, little number. Like, I remember, like, I used to play Madden 12 religiously. And if you asked me when I was, like, 13, like, I'd be able to, like, tell you the height and weight of every single NFL player kind of thing. <laughs> so, I figured, like, I'm, I'm good at remembering numbers. And that, like, the job you could get with that degree usually bring you good money. So, I figured, like, the combination of, like, I enjoy it and I can make some good money after I graduate. Uh, I figured, why not? I mean – could always change, but as of right now, that's what I'm going with. That's not too bad, though. That's crazy, though. I've I've I haven't heard anybody with that major. <laughs> um, so I'm looking at your uh, roster, your roster uh, spot right now, or on the on the team roster. You were a part of school theater. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so my, high school. Yeah, so I know. So I went to like a pretty small school, and my senior yeah. year. We, uh, my buddy Ben, he was always like super into theater and I played basketball with him. Okay. And that year, my English teacher was like the head of the theater department. So Miss Mal, that was the teacher, her and Benny got me to like, just do it. And then we got the whole entire baseball team to do it. <laughs> oh, and it was the, the play was, uh, or the musical was, uh, Spam a lot, which is like a musical version of Monty Python's Holy Grail. Okay. 
So, like, we had, like, the whole, like, baseball team just, like, out there, like, wearing, like, wigs and shit, just, like, messing around. It was awesome. <laughs> that's uh, that's awesome that you got – it wasn't just you, like, you you and your buddy, that it was the whole baseball team. Yeah, too. yeah, we got, like, like the theater program my senior year for, like, that semester was, like, majority guys. <laughs> it's just weird, <laughs> but it was awesome. <laughs> so, you went to OSW. Are you from Old Saybrook or Westbrook? Westbrook. Gotcha. Okay. We, I used to rent down on seaside there. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right down, down near the Marina actually. Over by pilot's point. Yep. Down there. It's That's so sick. nice down that area. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love coming home here. Um, so when you were looking at sacred heart and Bryant looking to go to either of those, what made you pick Bryant over sacred heart? I know you said it was either like you want, knew you wanted to walk on it either. Um, so, was it a major money wise, like, or so just they're both about the same amount of money. Okay. And I, um, I've also been like super involved with like music growing up. So I had an opportunity to like further pursue that at Sacred Heart. Like, mm-hmm. like, cause I played the bassoon. So I'd be able to do like orchestra stuff there. But then ultimately I just felt that Bryant would better set me up for a job after graduation. So that's why I picked it. Gotcha. All right. Uh, I think that's going to wrap up the interview, Dave. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Um, yeah, dude, I appreciate you having me. Uh, f- hopefully, fingers crossed on a season coming up. Um, so, are you actually, one more question. Are you the only long snapper on roster right now? So, we got three. There's okay. me, and we got uh, Mark Mark Fuchs. He just transferred. He transferred from SMU this year. Okay. And then we got uh, Kyle Forsley, who's a freshman. Okay, so a little bit of competition going into a camp, but that's yeah. that's the best thing to have, something to drive you guys. Yeah, no, it's nice. We all get along well, motivate each other. Nothing – it's definitely, like, all, like, positive motivation with the competition that comes from it. That's really good. That's the, that's all you can ask for, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, where can everybody find you on social media, Instagram, Twitter? So uh, Instagram is at David underscore McCain. Twitter, I, want, I think it's – David underscore McCain underscore. And then uh, TikTok, David.McCain54. I think that's it for the socials. <laughs> Sounds good, Dave. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. You have a good one, man. You too. Have a good one.